Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Chris Barsby is with us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. I was going to ask you yesterday, but we just ran out of time with Colt 31. I think you, you touched on that he's going around on the weekend at Albion Park. What did you make of his performances during the recent carnival, Colt 31, one of Queensland's best? Uh, he was okay. Um, he had a really hard run in the Sunshine Sprint, uh, so just forget that run. And then the following week in the uh, in the Blacks of Fake, um, he had that second row draw, and then there was that early scrimmage. So, um, you know, it, it was it was a pass mark, but probably not at the level that we probably expected from Colt 31. So he's got a perfect opportunity to bounce back and find some winning form here on Saturday night when he goes around in the open. So just didn't go to plan for him and uh, you know he only had those couple of runs so um, he probably wasn't at his absolute peak. Mm. Do you think but, he can get um, back to being a grand circuit type horse in the future Chris or just a good free-for-aller on a weekly basis? Well it's going to be an interesting challenge for Grand Dixon uh, over the next couple of months and it'll be interesting to see which way he wants to go with Colt 31. Does he want to go chasing some of those bigger races? Does the Victoria Cup in October appeal to, to Grand Dixon? He's had success down there previously. Of course he won the Victoria Derby as a three-year-old so it's going to be interesting and I think we'll get a definitive answer within six months, Steve, on where he's at. I see that he's drawn gate three in a smallish field on Saturday night, the fourth, and I see that Al Alistair Barnes is driving Northview Hustler. He's our first guest this morning. Yeah, well, I wanted to chat with Alistair this morning, Steve, just to find out about Northview Hustler. We haven't seen Northview Hustler since March, so he's been off the scene for some time. I reported uh, earlier in the week that he had a trial on Tuesday. He was able to win that trial, and he clocked 58-3. Uh, he lines up here in gate number two. Al Barnes is the trainer driver of Northview Hustler, a proven feature race winner at Albion Park, and he's online with us now. Al, good morning. Morning, Chris. How you going, mate? I'm really well. What can we expect from the Hustler on Saturday night? Uh, probably not a lot at this stage, Chris. We're still working back. He's a horse that takes a couple of runs, so we probably won't see the best of him for a two or three runs yet. Okay. What did you make of the trial on Tuesday? I was happy with the trial. He'd been a bit above himself at home, so... It's nice to get back on the bigger track at Albion Park and give him a solid hit out and see where he's at. Um, he's pulled up super. His joints are great at the moment, which is fantastic. And uh, he's on track. He'll, he'll be competitive for a long time again. OK. He finished off in 27-6 on Tuesday in that trial and he looked to do it really comfortably. Was it always the intention of trialling him on the Tuesday and then backing him up on Saturday night? Yeah, mate. He likes that work. He does cop a bit of work, so... Uh, I think we did that when we initially got him with the uh, flash and red we trialled on the Tuesday before and he came out and led and won the flash and red. So uh, that's not unusual for us to, to do that with him. OK. He's had those little issues, in particular with that joint, uh, more than anything else. And is, is that the reason why you just had to, to bypass the recent uh, winter carnival? You just had to give him that time off to try and just settle down that little joint issue that he's got? He's had a change of ownership, mate. I've recently purchased Hustler and um, my plan isn't to target those big races and, and go the hard times anymore. I'd rather chase just the free four races and make him a bread and butter horse. It, it's better for his joints where he doesn't have to run 53 halves and it keeps him racing for a lot longer too when he's not have to go as hard. So that was just my choice to give him a good break and, um, and, and start again just on some easier races where he can just go around and be competitive and just enjoy having him racing. Yeah, well, little fish are sweet, aren't they? certainly are.
that, that's one thing that stood out when he uh, went around on Tuesday in the trial, Al. He looks like he's carrying a lot more condition than probably what he was in a previous campaign. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, mate, he's definitely bulked up. He's, he's huge. He's bigger than I've ever had him. Um, he's got so much more muscle over the back end and a lot stronger this time. So I think um, taking away that pain of the joint problem that we've had, and the joint problem he had was very serious. He was hemorrhaging into the fetlock and we couldn't control the bleeding into the joint. So now we've got that space filled with silicon so that the blood can't get in the joint. He's sounded up a lot. He's, he's put all that weight and muscle back on. He's strong. He, he looks a treat. Probably better than I've ever had him. But you're not expecting to beat Colt 31 on the weekend? No, mate, no, no. I think I expect us to be three fence and have a soft run and run on and, and we should be able to run third or fourth there and, and hopefully second would be great. But I don't think we can beat Colt 31. if he, I don't know who leads out of Colt 31 or Alta Orlando, but, um, look, we'll be, we'll be getting a sweet trip and running on and that's great for the horse and, and every week he'll just get a little bit better. In saying that, with the start of this race, do you expect to, to get across Leo's best or you're happy just to go straight to the peg line? No, I'm happy to go straight to the peg line. I don't want to bust him first up. I don't think I can cross Leo's best. Um, and it's not worth burning for two or 300 to find out when he's not 100%. So uh, we'll just be opting for a, a three-pegs run and, and looking after him and uh, running on and having a better horse next week. OK. So at this stage, he's just going to be one of those bread-and-butter free-for-allers that we'll see uh, probably once a fortnight. Uh, you'll see him every week. I like racing him every week. Um, he'll be just going around every Saturday night doing his best. And, and when he draws to lead, he'll be certainly very hard to beat in front. He's always been a great front-runner, and he's only got a draw and alley to lead. He's got blister and gate speed. So uh, when we get back to that stage in, in three or four weeks, that'll be us. OK. All right, well, that's Northview Hustler. Just your thoughts on Colt 31 during the carnival. What what did you make of Colt 31? I, I wasn't disappointed with him, mate. He was, he was coming back from his break. It was bloody... It was a hard carnival. There was so many good horses here, and, and I thought he was pretty credible, really, not being beaten far. And he's probably at, not at the end of his campaign, but he's probably at the end of his Group 1 campaign, and he's still going to be very, very hard uh, free-for-all to beat, and... I'm not sure whether they're going to the breeding barn with him this year or, or what the plan is. I did have a conversation with Grant about that through the week, but um, he's certainly going to be a hard horse to beat here. I just think his group one days might be a bit behind him, probably similar to Hustler. It's just hard on the body and the joints as you get a bit older, and, geez, they're running some time now, so you're nearly better off avoiding it and, and just enjoying racing a good horse. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the stables in form, a double last night at Redcliffe. Bondi Shake, Franco Nandor, both successful. Both look like they're going to do a really nice job and get through their grades. Yeah, look, love Bondi Shake. Um, he's he's done a super job. He had a bad infection that broke out, and he's doing really well. His win last night was back to his old form. He's he's on the way up. Um, he's on the market to go to America, um, so I'm not sure how long we'll have him for, but he's definitely on the way up. Frank Andor, I like. He's just a little, not quite genuine enough to be a good horse. Um, but, yeah, the, we've only got three Lincoln Farms now, and, and they're all doing a good job. With one in today, Brian Christian should be leading and winning at Redcliffe. So, you know, they're competitive at the moment. Yeah, I was going to ask about Brian Christopher. He's built up a really good record at Redcliffe, so he obviously likes that track. And uh, when he leads, he, he's almost unbeatable there. He just lacks a little bit of change-up speed, but he can run a couple of 28 and a halfs and, and round Redcliffe, it's hard to run down. He, he does try really hard. He digs in, loves a fight, so... I'm yet to take him to Albion Park to see what he'll do on the bigger track. I don't think he'd disappoint us. I think he'd be similar to a Captain Nemo 
doesn't have that high change-up speed, but just keeps coming all day. So, sort of looking forward to taking Albion Park soon. Okay. Well, the stable's in form. Another good chance this afternoon. Looking forward to seeing Northview Hustler back in action on Saturday night. Appreciate the update, and we'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, interesting There's interview, Chris. Joining us. Yeah, I'm just thinking of that race Saturday night, Chris. Uh, Ultra Orlando, could it, uh, well, the way Alistair was talking, uh, could it cross lead, then let Colt 31 go to the front? And as he said, Northview could end up three fence, but... Yeah, anyway, wait and see. What's Leo's best going to yeah, do from the inside? It's going to be a very interesting race tactically, that one on Saturday night, Steve. Yeah, sounds like it. But Cull 31, deep in the red, will he be? Chris, in a race like this, just an open... Yeah, for from? sure. Massive class drop, uh, and he's got that nice draw, so uh, most are expecting him to be in front or up on the speed, so he'll be he'll be a clear favourite for sure. And what's happening with a horse you did talk about yesterday, Cat King Cole, or Darren and, and yourself just talk, discussed that particular horse? Yeah, she'll step out tomorrow. She goes around in the first race. We've got heats of the AP Gold Series. So uh, this is her final target at this stage for the season. She's made a, uh, a pretty good thing, uh, fist of things uh, throughout the season so far. She's a last uh, Group 1 winner taking the triad. So she goes around tomorrow. And we'll talk more about her in just a moment when Brittany Graham joins us. Okay. But Sam Clotworthy is about to join us now. And I want to have a chat with Sam. He's in good form at the moment. And he's got a couple of key drives on Saturday night. And he joins us now. Sam, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've got two drives on Saturday night, nice and early as well, so you've been looked after. Race one, number seven, Cash Ass Back. He's got a wide draw, but he's absolutely flying this guy. It's a great drive to get for trainer Gemma Hewitt. How do you see it with him on the weekend? Yeah, look, um, as you say, this horse has been flying, and um, I just think from the wide draw and that Gemma you know he hasn't been to the races for a few weeks and that she'll just want to you know go back and if he gets the right track into the race you know he'll be right there at the finish it looks like it's going to generate speed this race with the likes of Midnight Man Squire Better Vision they've all got good gauge speed and then when you've got a horse like Crunch Time off the second row there's going to be a, a pretty constant speed throughout yeah, that's 100% right, and, and, and that'll really suit him if that does eventuate. So, um, yeah, all, all luck go our way, and, and we get a nice track into it. He'll be right there at the finish. Yeah, last time out, he chased home centred. That was on the final night of the carnival, and it was quite a good run as well. He made up some really good late ground, so he looks to be an excellent chance there in race one. What about Classy American in race two? Again, it's not the easiest of draws here, gate number six, but it's a good drive to get for leading trainer Grant Dixon. Yeah, when uh, I was stoked to get this drive for Grant and Tristy, you know, top trainers here. And um, as you say, wide draw again. But, you know, with an ounce of luck, he'll be right there too. So, you know, we'll probably... I haven't talked to Grant fully yet, but um, the horse is going well. And um, if I can get, you know, the right run into it, he'll be right thereabouts again. Again, it looks like it's going to generate pace, this race. Saucy Dreams likes to go hard. It ain't the money. Tommy Lincoln... I'm, uh, I'm certain that it's going to be a fast-run race. Yeah, 100%. I had a quick look at the form last night, and as you say, both those first two races, they look like they're going to be running along a bit. So if I can look after them both early, you know, hopefully I can run on strong weight. OK, well, there are your two drives on Saturday night. Just going back to Tuesday, Sam, uh, you had a couple of drives there. 
you were pretty unlucky not to walk away with the win. The horses that you drove, the three of them that I want to mention, uh, all went super well, but it was just a little unfortunate that you couldn't get a win. Uh, it's super easy was terrific. He ran third. Mosem Down was uh, unbelievable, running second behind Major Fernco and Royal Aurora. He's just in a real purple patch of form. So they all went really well on Tuesday for you, those horses. Yeah, they all did. It was funny. I was saying to a few of the blokes back home that night, I said, I walked away basically from the race. It felt like I'd got three winners. They all went that good. Like, you know, super easy and mosing down at the face of Breeze. And little Royal Aurora, he, he, as you say, he's flying. He, he's just running on every start. And it'll be not long until he just snatches another race. So, but that mows him down, he, he went terrific. Like, oh, you know, one of the best runs I've had you know, a horse go for me up here so far. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was terrific. Went down by a short half-head margin to an inform horse like Major Fernco, who had that perfect sit on your back. Just with Royal Aurora, what is it with Royal Aurora? He looked like he was going to do a really nice job when he arrived from New South Wales, and then uh, he was able to uh, register a win. Things just tapered off a little bit there, but... Your base with Jack Butler, you've uh, you've obviously clicked with this horse, Royal Aurora. So is that it? It's just you've got a really good bond with this horse because since you've been driving him, he's been able to find the form again and his confidence is sky high. Yeah, I think so, Chris. As you say, we just had a few little setbacks with him after he had won and, you know, his form did go off a bit and he was in quite a tough Saturday night class. But I just started driving him at home and, and I, I really like the horse's personality and, you know, he's just a cool little horse to deal with and ever since I've kind of got on him, my, all my drives on him, he's just gone faultless. Like, you know, it doesn't matter where he is in the run, he, he just always finds the line hard. So, yeah, I just think, as you said, I just get on really well with the horse and, you know, I'm really enjoying driving him and thanks to Jack, you know, giving me the opportunity to drive a nice horse like him. Yeah. He's only a little horse, isn't he? Yeah, he's a little wee, little wee horse. But he's, he's just, he's a little race horse. He's just always on the bit, you know, always wanting to run. And, and you know, down the straight, he stretches his little legs out at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, he's going absolutely super. There's no doubt about it. Royal Aurora will keep following Mosem down as well. How are you finding it down there with Jack? Are they still on a high after claiming the Group 1 Golden Girl? Yeah, we're still on a high. Um, as Jack was saying the other day, I think she's won the race 20 times now. We've watched it that many times. But, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just really good for us. And, you know, the team team as a whole is going good. And they're giving me good opportunities, Jack and Tara. And, you know, Brendan's here too. He helps me with, you know, my drives. Or if I've got some questions and that, he'll, you know, always be there for me to ask. So, no, all's going well here. And um, I'm really enjoying it. Are you looking for more drives? Yeah, I'm looking for more drives. Like, you know, I love being out there and, you know, any drive I can get. Like, I've got a couple at Redcliffe today and a couple trialers and that. So just trying to, you know, get on whatever I can and make the most of um, all the opportunities I get. And just for the owners and trainers out there, have you got the three or the five-point claim? Yeah, five-point claim. Um, okay. Yeah, still, still got it for a long time, so... Yeah, hopefully we can utilise it. All right. Well, you're in good form. There's no doubt about it. Uh, as I said, uh, good day at the office. Could have been a lot better, but uh, as you outlined, uh, all horses went super. You've got some nice chances there on Saturday night with Cash House back and also Classy American. Really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside later today. Thanks very much, Chris.
There's Sam Clotworthy joining us. So a couple of drives there on Saturday night, but those horses went uh, exceptionally well on Tuesday. So five-point claim, so it's all important. You can put your horse into a race and uh, hopefully get a, uh, a result there with Sam driving it. He is going super well at the moment. Steve, you were talking about Cat King Cole just moments ago. Steps out tomorrow. Race one, number one, 12.43 is start time. It's the Albion Park Gold. This is a race series that has produced the likes of Muscle Factory and Expensive Ego. So it can produce a really good horse, and this filly is easily the horse to beat. One person that's excited by Cat King Cole, because as we know, she was the underbidder on Cat King Cole at the sales last year. Sky Racing's Brittany Graham, and she's online with us now. Britt, good morning what you call it. How, how far did you go, Brittany, money-wise? Uh, I can't quite remember. Not far enough, obviously. <laughs> Fair enough. How, how do you sit there and watch it when you're an underbidder on a horse? Do, do you sort of think, do you kick yourself each and every time? Oh, I, I'm sure it's uh, probably been the case for everybody. There's always been one that got away, but um, I don't think Darren and Kylie were leaving without her, so it mightn't have mattered what price you went to. Uh, they seemed pretty keen to grab her, and now you know why. Why were you so keen at the time? Um, we were purchasing a couple of horses um, to syndicate out, and uh, she's very well-bred. She's out of Catwalk Beauty, who was a super mare herself, and uh, Hurricane King Coley is probably a little bit underrated, and she was a lovely style of filly as well. So she ticked a fair few boxes, and with the Q-bred bonuses, she was always going to be, well, you would hope, a filly that would you know, not only be eligible for this race, but several others in our Cubro bonuses. So uh, we had a look at a, a few and we picked up a few fillies. They're nowhere near as good as this girl, though, but uh, that's, I guess, sales. And there's always going to be one or two bob out of those, uh, I guess, public sales that go on and do great things. And no doubt Cat King Cole is going to be just that. But she's just a lovely style of filly and she looks like a racehorse. And uh, she looked like a racehorse at the sales, too. So is this series hers to lose? There's no givens in racing. We all know that, in particular with Group 1s. We've seen that during the recent carnival. But this series, uh, with the heat tomorrow, the final the following Saturday, it just looks like it's at her absolute mercy. Yes, certainly. And right through her feature race campaign this season as a juvenile, she's had to take only had to take on her own sex, being the, the fillies. And she's obviously been the dominant filly. Um, and I guess it's, it's another step up taking on the boys. Um, and, but what's in her advantage is the preferential draw. She's going to draw inside all of the Colts and Geldings. So she's got that advantage on them. And we know that she's the best filly. So uh, she's going to draw well, which is going to be a big positive. And the fact that she's had the two weeks since her triad, I know speaking to Kylie after the race, she believed that she was going to be even better out of that. So she's had another two weeks with work under her belt. She won't need to run any special time on tomorrow. You wouldn't think she'll just be able to, to go around at her own leisure and then she'll be right for what is her grand final next week. So it is at her mercy and I think, I can't wait to see her back next year because she's such a big, tall um, I wouldn't say lanky, but she's so athletic that maybe with that time under her belt to even further develop and strengthen up and probably mentally as well she's still learning what the game's about she's going to be a, a great three-year-old filly on on all that we've seen so uh, she'll be able to have a nice long break now off the back of this which is encouraging with the change in season she's got plenty of time to, to have a good spell because it's been a long season although it hasn't been a, a taxing season in terms of race start she's been up for a fair while now 
Yeah, and it's an interesting point that you make that she is up against the boys throughout this series. But just going back to that last start, Group 1 try, and I think you mentioned it on the night, her time was a fair bit quicker than the boys as far as their respective finals were concerned. So she can clearly match it with the boys. So, uh, yeah, it, it's quite interesting and, and it's fascinating to see, you know, how far she'll go time-wise because at the moment she, she looked like she just jogged it the other night, winning that Group 1 race, and she went a tick over 55. Yes, certainly. I think for the first time in that triad, Kylie activated the deafness, but I still haven't seen her turn the persuader on her yet. So uh, she might still have a she might still have a few gears when she's really asked for an effort because I'm not sure she really has been yet. Okay, well that's race one number one, Cat King Cole. Whilst we're talking about the AP Gold Series tomorrow. Heat two, race two, I am Sparta, D.W. Graham. Can can he bounce back? Can he lead and win this race tomorrow? Well, certainly hoping so. He's obviously a colt that we've had a good opinion of in the stable since day one. Um, and he's probably just not had the best back end to his season with luck in running and also draws. He drew 11 uh, in his triad and... It was actually going to be a peach by Dad. He managed to, to lob into the 1-1, one, one, and he was actually probably going to land behind the leader from a, from the outside of the second row. But when uh, the horse to his inside class to the max gallop, it just seemed like he just spotted him, and it probably worried him into galloping as well. So, But his effort after that was actually really good. So um, he's been working well at home. He looks a pitcher, um, and... Sort of these two races, the triad and this race, have always been his main targets all season long. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the barrier draw plays out through the heat. There'll only be, I think, uh, the two horses that miss out, the two sticks with some just starting. Actually, I'm not too sure. I'll have to figure. I'll have to find out how many they'll start in the Group One feature. I think it's only ten at the mile with the juvenile. Yeah. So. Uh, there'll be the two miss out, but the barrier draw will be conducted tomorrow afternoon. So at four o'clock, I believe it's going to be conducted straight after. So depending on how many fillies and colts make their way through, it will be interesting to see the configuration. And I guess Cat King Colt, by law of averages, she'll probably draw well. But there's that slight, if a few fillies qualify, maybe the inside of the second row will be up for taking. So it will certainly be interesting to see where she draws and then the boys around her. Yeah, but no doubt, if I am Sparta qualifies for the final, you, you want a front row draw with him, knowing that he's got that really good gate speed? Yeah, absolutely. He seems to do his best work when he's out in front. He's still learning. So I wouldn't write him off just yet, uh, but it's going to be hard if Cat King Cole draws inside him, that's for sure. OK, well, we look forward to that uh, series tomorrow. Heats tomorrow, races one and two, barrier draw conducted tomorrow afternoon, final on Saturday week. Hey, Britt, I want to get your thoughts on the Dixon stable uh, for two different reasons. Uh, the first one, the trotter, we've spoken about this uh, already throughout the week, but I'm keen on your thoughts about our over and over. And uh, also with Governor Jujon, he was back at the trials on Tuesday. I'm sure you've already looked at that footage of his trial. So what were your thoughts on both of those guys? Yeah, well, it was great to see our over and over bow out as he deserved as a winner, wasn't it? He's been such a stalwart uh, for the square gating industry here in Queensland. He's been around for such a long time and uh, getting older, it's never easy on any horse, but he just continued and his efforts through that DJA series were superb off the 40 metres. So it was no real surprise to see him win last week, just back with the smaller field. But uh, yeah, it's, it's hard for these higher graded trotters and you understand why they have to have big handicaps because they're simply 
you know, better racehorses than a lot of those that they're taking on. So they have to have handicaps to make it even. I think I remember some trotters in probably prior years have had massive handicaps. I think even a horse like Supper Waltz Wilson used to have to come off 90 or 100 metres. So he didn't have it quite that hard hour over and over, but with the quality and uh, the size of the trotting ranks growing, that was probably to do with it. But it's never easy to overcome big handicaps. And he was still racing well, but he'd done his job hour over and over. And 51 wins at Albion Park is quite astonishing when you think about it. And it was great to see Governor Dujon back on Tuesday. He looks great. I was there to, to have a little squiz at him. I had a few drives and I just arrived in time for his trial. So he looks super and he's such a lovely style of racehorse and so versatile. And he's probably much needed in our open class ranks here in Queensland. It's probably an ageing population at the moment. And we've got this four-year-old crop coming through, which is strong, the likes of Governor Dujon. Black to Dance, Will the Wizard, they're probably the main three that, that spring to mind from a four-year-old perspective. So we probably need a reinvigoration in our open class ranks and he's one that stands out. It's a big step up from four-year-old racing to five-year-old racing and he's got quite a high rating as well. So he's going to find himself in the, in the deep end pretty well straight away, but hopefully he can keep sound and there's no reason why he can't mix it with the better horses in seasons to come. Yeah, good to see him back in action, that's for sure. Governor Jujon, your best bet for the weekend, Britt? I like on Saturday night at Albion Park. I think it's not a bad betting card. Early on, it's probably a little tricky, but later on in the night, I really like in race number eight, number one, Wahakan Dream. She drops back into qualifying there's grade. She only went down narrowly behind Miss Ruby Sunshine last week when she had to park out in a really slick closing quarter. She's got good gate speed. I think she'll probably dominate the eights on the card. So race eight, number one, Wahaka Dream's my best for the weekend, and that's at Albion Park. Yeah, just getting a news through, Brittany, about Nat uh, Cat King Cole. They've been offered $1.2 million in the United States. How do you feel about that? <laughs> only stirring. <laughs> only, only stirring. Oh, dear me. <laughs> Speaking of the, the United States, though, uh, this weekend uh, we won't see any of the coverage because of the, the time difference, but... It's the Hambletonian day on Saturday at the Meadowlands, so it's a Saturday afternoon meeting, so it comes through, you know, in the wee hours of the morning, so we're not going to get any coverage through Sky, but this is going to be a huge race day. It's just littered with stars, uh, paces and trotters. Uh, I've been lucky enough to go to a Hambletonian day, and it's just one heck of a day. So uh, plenty of uh, Queensland interest as well with... Uh, Toddy and uh, Andy McCarthy driving, Dexter Dunn's driving. He's got a, a number of key drives over there. And there's an Australian bit of interest with the, uh, the Hambletonian as well. And just uh, curiously, I was just scanning through a few things. Uh, Noel Daly looks like he's got himself an outstanding young two-year-old pacer. His name is Pebble Beach. He's by Down by the Seaside, who is available to Down Under Breeders. But uh, he was scorching the other day. He's down in Kentucky at the moment, going through some Kentucky-sized stakes racing. And he went a tick over 50, and I think it was only his first or second start. Todd McCarthy had the drive, so plenty to look at as far as the uh, the North American scene is concerned. Absolutely, and I love keeping tabs uh, on the North American racing, particularly now that there's so much uh, Southern Hemisphere flavour, whether it's from you know, a racing perspective with the horses that we're seeing make their way up there, or the, the trainers and drivers that have had since down here as well. And as you mentioned, um, with that Australian flavour, with Duncan McPherson having a hand in breeding one of the, the Hambletonian runners in Son of a Mystery, I believe that we'll pick up the last race from the Meadowlands on Sky Racing 1, which will be race 15 on the card from the Meadowlands, which 
may may filter through a little bit of the, the wash up and the coverage. But as you mentioned, with it being a day meeting, it's just uh, in the wrong time slot for us down here. But uh, we'll be waking up and checking the results feverishly. But it is an exciting time up there. And I'd love to get to a Hambletonian day. I've heard great things about it. Maybe next year. Yeah, hopefully COVID's <laughs> gone by that stage and we can get back to normal. But, uh, yeah, it's the best race day I've ever been to a Hambletonian day. It's, uh, it's something else. Hey, Britt, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside tomorrow and we'll see you on the, uh, the TV screen across the weekend. Thanks, Chris. Brittany Graham joining us this morning. Chris, we've got a race in about uh, three and a half minutes from Mount Gambier Greys. The favourite is Full Paradise 5 at $1.70, but it's all, all uh, WA news at the moment. Matt Young's about to join us. And I doubt you'll touch on Lavra Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Uh, you did the right thing last week. Seven no trumps. We had to wait till the very last uh, race, but he got the job done, scored easily, never in doubt. Uh, <laughs> first of all, what is the best bet at this 10-race card tomorrow night? Uh, race three, number one, Tri-Royal Brigade. It's been pretty unlucky as of late. It's got plenty of gate speed. I reckon it will lead. It doesn't appear to be a great deal of pressure in the race, and I think it will set up nicely where he should be able to control and... Uh, take a nice quick last six to eight hundred metres and uh, run away with it. Okay, like the confidence. Race three, number one, Tri Royal Brigade to lead all of the way. So that's race three, number one. What's happening over there, Matt, with all your stars? They're dropping like flies at the moment. Shockwave out of action. Um, uh, what's the other one out of action over there at the moment? Um, too fast, um, too serious. Too fast, too serious. And Lavery Joe's got that suspensory issue now. Yeah, so the Labrador Joe one, I think we touched on the other day. I'd heard whispers that it was a lot worse than what was being reported. And that was the news from within the industry. And normally where there's smoke, there's fire. So uh, they were pretty much spot on, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, very sad news about Labrador Joe. But hopefully he can make it back to the track uh, and regain a full, a full career ahead of him. But it's pretty hard to come back from that sort of injury, especially with a big, strong horse like him and the sections that he runs. So... Um, no doubt they will give him every chance rehabilitation and try and get him back to the track. Too Fast, Too Serious though is a horse that had uh, he pretty much broke a leg as a two year old so he's pretty he's uh, pretty prone to injury so I wasn't too surprised about that. He does run super fast sectionals and that's just unfortunately the way it goes. Uh, plenty of horses do break down in the sport of harness racing. Unfortunately it's a part of the game but we only hear about the really good ones and uh, WA is just a cop that's fair, fairly uh, fair share of bad luck in the recent times and shockwave, while hopefully his setback won't uh, really hurt him too much and he'll be able to return next year. So it is uh, awful news, but it opens up the floor for another really talented horse to step forward and make a name for themselves, such as Magnificent Storm as well. Elta Blues is really starting to come through nicely. Patrona Star, Mighty Conqueror. There's still plenty of great talented horses here in WA. Yeah, Minstrel steps out tomorrow night as well. So there exactly. is plenty of depth over there right now. We'll take the tip with race three, number one. Matt, as always, appreciate the time. We'll chat next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you.